0: This is Shear Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. I'm Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to join us today for the conclusion of a sermon delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, from the Heavenly Authority Teaching Series. Pastor has been discussing the perversion and chaos. That developed in Israel before the time of the kings, when the people abused the lack of authority and freedom to mix and muddy the true faith in Yahweh with paganism. We have been looking at Judges, chapter 17, and the man named Micah, who with his mother makes a household idolatrous shrine and takes in a wandering Levite to be his own personal priest all the time calling on the name of the Lord, but obviously in opposition to the one central place of worship the Lord commanded. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he explains the relevance of all this for us in
1: the church today. It's partial religion. How many people today might say, gee, I would like to receive a blessing from Jesus? and yet see nothing wrong in reading their astrology report in the newspaper, or living outside of marriage, or playing with tarot cards, or saying, well, I'm a Christian, I like the Bible, and then talking about how they believe in evolution or believe in reincarnation. We have a lot of people in American society that are in the same category as Micah. They have a Micah kind of Christianity. They're confused. It's chaotic, and it's a perversion of the truth. They believe a little bit of everything. They believe in Jesus. They'll have a yin-yang hanging from their car mirror. And they mix a little of this and a little of that. And they'll use the name of Jesus as freely as Micah and his mama use the name of Yahweh. Confusion, chaos. Now, we're not going to start today and look at what happens with Micah. We'll see his idolatry affects a whole tribe of Israel where a whole tribe of Israel winds up staying and living. But we'll leave that, Lord willing, to the next time. I just want to close. There have been different points in Christian history where things have been freer. They've been looser. They've been less structured, even as in the book of Acts, right? In the book of Acts, you have the church at this town, the church at that town. And at the churches, you would have elders and pastors. But you had no large authority or central authority structure. There's a lot of freedom in the spirit in the book of Acts. But as in Judges, some people will go astray. They'll go off on apostasies, tangents of the faith. And you also see that early on in Christian history, early on in the history of the church. There were so many different, different tangents that they would go off on, apostasies that came into the church, Gnosticism and people that were almost the version Jehovah's Witnesses today, Arianism. And so what happens is a fear. The fear is if the authority is too loose, if there's no hierarchy, if there's no structure, Look what these people do. They go off on this tangent, and they say they're Christian, and that tangent they say is Christian. Many of the councils that were called in the early Christian church uh, were to deal with these apostasies, all these phony Gospels that were coming up, different than the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as people went off in different directions. And fear comes in because of the looseness And so what happens? To deal with it, strict rigid structures develop in the church. Organizational things are formed to deal with the chaos among the people. And often, even as the kingship in Israel, when you had these structures built, what happened to the kingship eventually? Were all the kings like David? The kings became more and more evil, And they, too, then went into apostasy. And the very structure that's formed to deal with the looseness, with the freedom that apostasy is happening in, can itself become apostate. Structure, organization, institutions are only needed when each is unrestrained, when each person is undisciplined, when each person does what is right in his own eyes. The hearts of the people become hard. You have a micotype of Christianity. So those in leadership look for structure and organization and hierarchy to restrain that micotype of Christianity. But the question is, should hard heartedness be characteristic of Christians? Should we be in a hard hearted situation requiring the structure of institutions? A Christian is supposed to, by definition, be soft-hearted, disciplined, an obedient servant to God's Word, and not led into all types of chaos, but rather led by the liberty and the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Uh, One last scripture, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, "...stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free." And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast in the liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free. Because we're called to be a holy people, we're also called to be free. And so as we go into the New Testament, we'll see the tension between authority and freedom. And the questions come up over and over again in church history. How much authority structure should there be? How much of an institution or organization should there be to have legitimacy and not have chaos, not have the tangents? And I think central to knowing, this is the important point, central to knowing this and answering this question is to know what Jerusalem is to us. What is the new Jerusalem? We know the new Jerusalem will ultimately come down out of heaven made for us, the bride for Messiah. And we will be the inhabitants of that new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ. There has to be one place where the Lord puts his name. What is the center of worship? What's to hold us together? If it's not supposed to be a rigid structure, because we're free in the spirit, we're to have liberty, then what does hold us together? What is that central place, that Jerusalem, that Zion for us? Today, I think we're starting to see it. You see believers from all different churches, all different denominations, that are coming together in agreement, that are able to have a common conversation. True believers, not phony ecumenicalism, but true believers in God. And they're coming out as though above the individual structures, and the basis of it, the new Zion, the Jerusalem, is number one, the word of God, the Bible. They all believe, of this group I'm speaking of, that the Bible is the true, inerrant word of God. If the people at the time of Judges would just listen to the scriptures of Moses, that Moses gave them from God, they could not have gone off in so many different tangents. Well, the church not the institutions, but those that are in this church I'm speaking about, believe this Bible is the word of God. It's their direction. It's the authority. And it's without error. And they feed on it. Not only that, but they have one king. His name is Jesus Christ. And all interpretations of this Bible are based on him. He's the rock. He's the temple. He's the dwelling place of God. It's in him that God places his name, and he teaches us. We're his disciples. We hunger for the words he spoke in the Scriptures. We desire him to be the Lord of our lives. We ask him for his leadership. We ask him for his salvation. We ask him for his lordship. So when you speak to these people, they're not speaking about this minister or this priest or this pope or this bishop. They're speaking about Jesus. He's the king, he's the temple. And they're identified by not only one word and one Lord, but by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. They seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. They want and hunger for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom from the Spirit, the anointing from the Spirit. And they're sensitive to spirit-anointed leadership Versus that which may only come from man, man man-appointed leadership. They're not so impressed with degrees. They're not so impressed with someone having hands laid upon them by some institution. Rather, they're searching for someone that God anoints to speak his word. So they're sensitive of the things of the Spirit. This group, that's the New Jerusalem for them. That's the Zion. And they can be from any institution, any church, but they agree on these things. This is the central elements, the Word of God, the Son of God, the Spirit of God that holds them together. And they're not unorthodox. They desire the faith of their fathers. Actually, if you listen to what they believe and you hear it preached over the airwaves, they believe, we believe, what we believe, really averages all the beliefs over all the centuries of all the denominations. It's not that because they're not restricted by their institutions, they've gone off on tangents. Rather, they fulfill what's in the creed of the faith of their fathers. Many in their institutions who are in leadership don't believe in that creed anymore. They will believe in the founding principles. But those who are not bound by the institution adhere more to the creeds. They separate the traditions that are built up of men from the pure word of God. And so they're not unorthodox, they're highly orthodox, because all Christianity is based upon Jesus Christ as Lord and him only. And those in this group recognize the authority structure in the New Testament church of pastors and teachers, and evangelists, and elders. And they know that such structure is critical for the New Testament church, that there would be solid teaching, solid preaching, to avoid Micah kind of Christianity. But why they recognize that, they see Jesus and him only as the great shepherd and overseer of our soul. And a relationship with him as all-important, as preeminent, over any organization. So when you ask such a person, and you can see this church happening nowadays, you can go into a Christian bookstore. You may not know what church that person goes to, but you speak a common language with them. You speak what the Word says. You speak about the Lord Jesus Christ, how He's the most important thing. And so you can be in freedom. You can be in liberty because you have that one site of worship you know where zion is and if asked what you are the first thing from your mouth will be i'm a christian you're a follower of christ because jesus christ is the god our king and he is above all else that's the freedom then and the liberty in the spirit for those who have self-disciplined themselves, who recognize the New Jerusalem, who recognize the basic foundations, and then when we're restrained and self- disciplined by God himself, then we can have freedom, a freedom that supersedes just buildings and structures and hierarchies. We don't need layer upon layer of bishops to tell us what to do. We seek anointed word from God's anointed servants. And we're free in the spirit because we've been obedient unto Jesus Christ, Lord willing, next time we'll we'll see what happens to Micah and his family.
0: Our address is Shiar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane, just off Route 1. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub.